0: Welcome to the Capital Link Shipping Podcast Series. I'm Nicholas Barnodis, President of Capital Link. <clears throat> we have recently launched our podcast series as a means to educate and inform a broader audience on topics of critical importance to the shipping industry. As such, our podcasts aim to be informational and educational. Every week, we host an exclusive interview with a C-level executive and major industry figures. This is our sixth episode. I would like to welcome our featured speaker, Mr. Bill Guo, who is the Executive Director of Shipping at ICBC Financial Leasing, the largest leading Chinese leasing firm. Today's podcast is on the topic of Chinese leasing, and Chinese leasing is changing the face of shipping and ship finance. So it's a very interesting topic, and we're delighted to have Bill with us. Let me start the discussion by welcoming Bill. Bill, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Nicholas. It's my great pleasure to join the, you know, this conversation with you, also with the potential audience. You know, thanks. Of
0: course. We've been working together for quite some time, and I'm delighted exactly to have you as the leading industry figure to talk about uh, Chinese leasing, which indeed is changing, I think, the, the, the pace of shipping and ship finance. So <clears throat> let me go right into our conversation. With the departure of many traditional European ship finance, financing banks uh, or the diminishing of their portfolios, we have seen a number of Chinese leasing companies stepping in to fill this void in the last few years, becoming this way the largest financiers and at the same time ship owners in the world. Can you explain to us the difference between the business model of Chinese financial leasing firms? And traditional ship finance banks.
1: Sure, actually, and uh, this question has been asked by, you know, other I would say maybe the the potential customers or maybe some uh, I would say I would say the the curious party, and a couple times before, and also actually by today as well. So I think uh, you know the the big difference and compare between the leasing company also with the traditional banks. Actually, leasing company and um, either could help the customers and uh, to. Ready to rebalance their balance sheet for the, you know, I would say, for the shipping asset, which means uh, some of the shipping, I would say, some of the company, they they prefer look, you know, to remove the the shipping asset off their balance sheet, so they can use the leasing structure, so to sell and lease back their shipping asset, but still continue to utilize their ship asset for many many years. And uh, But, you know, for the traditional bank loans, they can't do that, you know, because they only can do just pledge their asset to the banks. But these ships still own their balance sheet, and also they have to, and they put pretty heavy and, I would say, the the loan structure into their balance and uh, into their books. So, you know, so make it short, I think the leasing structure is more flexible compared with the, the bank structures. Well, of course, and uh, we can provide the higher leverage or so we can you know do more flexible structure based on the customers' need so and uh, that's why you know I think uh, all these kind of the you know the good uh, attractive uh, features to uh, really in- make lots of customers interesting to start using the leasing structure, especially for those uh, traditional European shipping companies so that's why you know the results also tell the fact that you know that's uh, we are um, you know growing very fast. And in the past of five years, we keep the do and the two digital growth every year. So, I see. Congrats.
0: So, Bill, we say that uh, Chinese leasing firms have uh, have becoming are becoming the largest financiers, and at the same time, one of the largest ship owners in the world. You're a financial organization. In what sense are you also a ship owner?
1: That's a very good question, and uh, we also have the internal discussion to position ourselves into the shipping finance market. First of all, of, of course, we are the you know the fund provider, so we basically like the you know the the as your as the your previous question. So we also perform very similar like at other banks. So we provide the equity, we provide the money, and the you know the loans to the customers, but using the leasing structure. But also meantime you also become the ship owner based on the customer's requirement. For example, so some of the you know customers like the cargo owners, so they they don't really want to, you know, to own those ships. So they want to, you know, sell those ships out of the balance sheet. So they they're actually looking for other, you know, trading shipping company, also looking for the leasing company who like to own my ships as return. I give you the lifelong, the leasing or maybe the time charter contract Ensure. You know the ship I sold to you would be chartered back for us. You know for many many years. So for that perspective, you know we have to become like the ship owner to perform those ships and based on the cargo owner, customers and the need. So that's the that's the typical situation for us to and perform in both the situation. On on one hand, we have to become like the you know the fund provider, but on the other hand, we we perform like the ship owners. And, um, you know, to really, you know, to operate the ships. And, of course, we outsource all the kind of the commercial or so technical skills to the third parties. But we are running like the, you know, independent shipping company. Of course, it's still under our leasing, I would say, the overall vehicles.
0: So, Bill, just to make sure I understand it correctly, legally speaking, of course, you are the owner of the asset because, you know, the leasing structure. But do you also get involved with the technical and commercial management, or is that a function that is done by uh, the party that you're dealing with?
1: Actually, and um, you know, legally, of course, we own all the ships, and um, but also, you know, for those technical management, also commercial management, it's our duty to and uh, point out the right person, uh, right like party to operate the ships. So it's uh, it's uh, our jobs to find you know the commercial manager, also technical manager to operate the ships. So, and uh, you know, that's why we have to become like the real shipping company and uh, to operate those ships, you know, to meet with the customers and the time charters or so, maybe other, I would say, the COA contract requirements. So that's what we are doing slightly different compared with other, I would say, the banks, you know.
0: So you you explained to us the difference between the traditional bank financing and uh, the Chinese leasing structure. If I compare now the Chinese leasing structure with... um, you know several credit funds that we have seen, you know, coming up uh, in the U.S., in Europe, and in Asia. Do you, how do you differ uh, from those credit funds?
1: Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's, it's different. So, you know, fundamentally, we're still owned by the Chinese banks. So, for us, we can't take too much risk. Risk. So, for us, we prefer maybe the maybe the big deal, but I would say the more stable return compared with other, I would say, the equity funds because they they prefer maybe like the short term, but you know, higher higher risk, maybe without higher return. But you know, for us, you know, we are 100% owned by the largest bank, ICBC Bank. So we have to really take care of each of the project we invest we we are doing today. So and of course we are you know supported by the, the parent company also running our independently, which means we have very strong equity support internally also from externally so we love the large project you know so that that's something make us you know special different especially i think uh, for those global and the customers they need like the you know stronger partners similar like us to work with those and the 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 large deals so that's why in the past few years we already successfully closed some big deals in the market
0: i see so bill we talked about chinese leasing in contrast to the traditional commercial banking to the credit funds. Now let's move into the scene of um, Chinese leasing itself. We have seen yes. there has been intense competition uh, in this market with a lot of new entrants coming in. If I'm not mistaken, I read someplace that there are about 60 financial leasing firms in China, and uh, almost half of them have exposure to, to shipping. So some of the um, uh, some of the new entrants uh, belong to shipyards. Uh, so you see a flurry of new uh, of new entrants into this market. What do you think is the impact of uh, all of this uh, competition? Uh, you know, so many new entrants into the market is that a good thing to have so many capital providers? And what are the risks and opportunities uh, at the same time, and challenges from this uh, very rapid
1: expansion? Yes, Nicolas. Um we also have, you know, some figures on on my hand. So maybe in the by the end of the, I would say the October this year. And um, in China, there's over four thousand actually four thousand leasing companies. and uh, maybe only two, sorry,
0: four thousand.
1: Yes, actually the four thousand leasing company, you know, legally set up in China. Only maybe two hundred of them right now, kind ofly involved in the shipping leasing business. But the, if you talk about the real, you know, say the 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 shipping leasing company, maybe the active one, the big one, maybe only twenty. So twenty of them is the most active one. You know, as you said, you know, I would say the the larger one is come from the, the banking background. Some of them come from, say, the you know shipyard. Some come from maybe the, I would say, the third party who has some equities. What really look like the you know, say, the shipping leasing structures are very, very attractive. So they just put money together and try to find some smart people running this kind of leasing company. So for those, and said, over 20 active shipping companies, and uh, I I have some different opinion for their, I would say the into new entry because and uh, apparently the the shipping leasing business still be very risky and uh, without um, you know the industry background knowledge, especially with the risk management skills. From the, I would say the commercial also financial background, it's very risky for them to run this kind of business. and but also being time, so far, you know for those and I would say the, the the major players of the shipping leasing companies, they're all profitable, actually very profitable. So that's that that's the reason you know maybe back to your question there's there's so many new entries into the you know the market because if they they, they, they smell the money, they smell the profit. so they want to go to this market. But again, as I said before, you know it's pretty absolute risk because you don't, if you don't really have the the solid team, the dedicated team, really understand the shipping market. When the the market goes down again, you know you, you are losing lots of money. But then, uh, I think right now, because the when they when they arrive into this shipping leasing market, I say the market already very, very soft. So it's not like 2007, 2008 when the market in the peak, and we we coming, you know, the market is falling down. Of course, you are really, you know lose money but right now market's so low so and um, you know they don't see the market the, the the impact but you know I would say for the long term view as I don't think there there will be the room for so many and they'll say the the Chinese and um, the shipping leasing company to be this then. maybe only 10 and the maximum to be and in ready into the market and maybe eventually maybe only concentrate together only four or five major one in to become the active players in this and the uh, market so you know, So hopefully and uh, <clears throat> someone will be to my suggestion or the kind of suggestion and also the wise not and, uh, involving this in the market too heavily if they don't have like the solid team or so enough people with enough knowledge background about shipping finance.
0: Very interesting. I have to say my, my numbers were quite off. Uh, uh, so just to recap, uh, you have about 200 uh, leasing firms active uh, in, in the marketplace uh, and out of them, you said about twenty are involved with shipping, and the, you know the major ones are about ten. And I guess uh, most of them are owned by major institutions. Am I? Did I get it right?
1: That's right. Yes, it is. So,
0: so all the other firms, uh, out of curiosity, where do they source their capital, especially the smaller ones? Uh, I mean, how do they come up with capital to redeploy?
1: Yes, I think you know the. I would say besides the the banking background, the leasing financial leasing company, uh, others I uh, think the capital all major come from I would say the shipyard. So the shipyard also you know want to get a new order and also get some new order from the you know the European market. So because in the right now European European market they don't have the equity, so the shipyard you know price equity by using the leasing structure to those European shipping company. Of course, they have to set up their own leasing company, so using their own equities to support those European customers, and uh, as a return, those European customers would order ships into those shipyards. So this kind of, i say, the motivation to push the shipyard to continue to take out some equities to support their own leasing company to develop the, you know, the new books and the new ordering from the customers. But I would say the, it's just, I think it's a short-term solution because I talked with the top, really senior, top executive of the shipyard. They also realized that they don't have enough, and I would say, risk management people really can deal with the potential risk for this kind of business. So this um, may be for the short-term. For the long-term, they will remove this and their leasing business, and from their shipyard, Put them into more running independently. Maybe go to IPO or go to other maybe in the capital markets, Let them running independently. And then take take back the initial, I would say, the equity investment. And uh, for those listing companies, then leave those listing, com- listing companies running alone. So, but today and still, I would say the, for the top two, and top top twenty, and uh, you know these listing company maybe and um, ten of them come from the more banks and background. Another 10 will come from or maybe equipment or, you know, all this and other, maybe a third party and the equity provider. So these kind of things for reference.
0: So now, if, if we look at the typical uh, transaction, can, can you describe to us a typical transaction in terms of amount, tenor, interest rates, uh, covenants? And do you finance new buildings and second-hand ships, or do you have a preference for one over the other?
1: Okay, we 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 could do both actually. We could do both, and uh, for the new building, also for the second hand. So and uh, so there are two two different types of business. So as, as I explained to you, the first one for the cargo owners. So the cargo owners they do own those um, ships in before. So they want to sell those ships to us, and based on their book value, which means they need one percent financing for those ships. Then do the sales lease back. But the return they give us a long time chartering back for those ships. So for those ships, we can do pretty long leverage, and um, you know, 100%. You know, also we could do lease structure and the, uh, as I said, life cycle, 15 years, 17 years, even 20 or 25 years. But this, uh, because uh, we know those ships is the strategic, and um, business for them. They can't leave those ships. Otherwise, they can't run in their business and uh, stable, and uh, because they own those cargoes, they need to ship their cargo from one place to another place to sell their cargoes. So those and the requirements needed for those ships it come from the inside. So that will be changed. Another model, I would say, is, is for those traditional and the shipping companies. So those shipping companies are more like the technology providers. So they provide their ships to the, I would say, the cargo owner, or maybe it's for the trading company. So <clears throat> so those and the shipping companies, we have to be more cautious. Of course, those shipping companies are running for many, many years. They are pretty good in the track record also they are financially okay but we can't do 100 financing for those people because and uh they are not the, i would say from the i would say the whole chain they're just in the in the middle so they they are not the i would say the initial cash flow come from. So we have to very carefully look at how the cash cash flow look 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 through. And for those customers we maybe provide maybe and of course compared with the bank loan we provide higher higher ones. So maybe seventy percent, sometimes or maybe eighty percent. And but we can't provide them one percent. So in old time we maybe we maybe did some of the pretty high leverage, but right now we have to look at them slightly different compared with cargo owners, you know, shipping shipping companies. So that's two different types of business, just for your reference. Of course the, both the new and the second hand doesn't matter. If the new one we based on the con- contractual price with the shipyard to do the calculation. If for the second one, we have to do the maybe evaluation based on the market price. So we have used the maybe in the global and the third party evaluation and agent to do the evaluation for those ships. Then based on the evaluation we decide okay, what's the percentage leverage for those ships?
0: I see. So are Chinese leading transactions more expensive if I compare them to the traditional bank financing? And uh, what is the typical time it would take to close a deal?
1: You know, actually, I, I, I want to correct this point. We are, you know, in terms of the price, actually, we are not as expensive. The reason because right now, you know, more and more, I've said, I think it should be less and less European banks uh, would like to really into the shipping finance market. Uh, the results actually in the past, I would say, six months. And uh, in general, the price difference compared with the Chinese company against uh, maybe European, you know, you know traditional banks, the difference becomes more and smaller. And uh, especially if we lower our leverage, if we, if we lower our leverage from 8% to 6%, we are actually very, very competitive compared with the European, you know, the bank loan. You know offers, so and uh, it's it's no big difference, and uh, really can do that because uh, first of all, the, all these major and the Chinese leasing company already gets the independent, and um, the the rating, so which means we can raise a fund from the from the you know the bond market um, to get you know raise really the money, you know U.S. dollar cheap money from bond market, so we can use this money to finance the you know the, the project, and. Um, if you really ask the, the the price, so we can offer maybe a floating one or also a fixed one. So for the you know we always use the you know the the banks, the offer as a kind of standards. So again it's back to the leverage. So if we provide the similar leverage compared with the banks, we can provide maybe similar in the price. If the banks give you level plus 200, we also offer you level plus 200, maybe one or two percent handling fee if and uh, based on the six percent but if you said okay i like maybe high leverage and uh, I, I don't mind to pay a higher one then the price can increase very sharply from um, you know could be a level plus 400 or 300. it really depends on absolutely credibility because we have our own the business model or also, also the you know the mathematics calculation so we really need your financial result to do all this kind of the you know calculation really can decide the find a, offered to the customers. So, you know, but roughly okay, I, can, I, can, I can say we can do something similar like the banks and the bank loan, but also we can do something, you know, provide them higher leverage with a little higher price again. So we are, you know, more flexible in both sides.
0: And it's also very interesting that uh, as we hear, <coughs> you know, bank lending is becoming more difficult uh, given the, uh, the, the market regulations and so on. Whereas you are in a growth mode, so clearly I think there is a difference in terms of uh, the business strategy here. Now, can, can I ask you how big is your portfolio, and, and if you can give us a little bit of an idea of its composition of uh, shipping sectors and geography?
1: Yes. Okay. No. Well, coincidentally, I just got the I would say the the whole pictures because today is the tenth anniversary of food Ice leasing. So we I just got maybe the the tenth years and the performance result for the shipping portfolio from the two thousand seven to two thousand seventeen, so this year. So I can say by the by the end of the two thousand seventeen, actually by the end of the you know the November of twenty seventeen, right now our portfolio is already reached ten billion US dollars. Of course from the from maybe and the you know hundred million and um in the two thousand seven growing to become ten billion US dollar in two thousand seventeen in ten years. So you can see how the how fast I would say our portfolio growing in the past ten years. So we've grown very fast, I would say. So very um, you know, personally I'm very proud of that to see the such big I would say growing. And you know, also we have very healthy, I would say the whole portfolio, which means out the default ratio is much, much lower. Compare with other banks, below 1%, I would say.
0: Bravo. That's great. So yes. what, what about uh, in terms of uh, geography? Uh, I mean, you no longer finance just uh, Chinese uh, clients. The HBC has aggressively expanded into the Asian and European markets in the last few years. Um, so how is the geographic breakdown of your portfolio? and? What
1: are your next uh, growth uh, markets in terms of business Yes. So, and uh, <clears throat> I would say, in the among these, uh, $10 dollars. So, twenty percent actually come from China. Maybe surprise a little bit to the I would say the audience, and uh, because they thought about the Chinese listing company majority customers should from come from China, but actually not. So only 20% of our business come from China customers, including the Coast Coast, also the China merchant, which is the two of the largest shipping companies. Another 80% all come from overseas. So I would say, as I said, you know, so general graphic structure, so um, European is our major customer place. So eight, uh, 50 to 60% is come from Europe. And then 20 from China. Then another 20 from from, let's say, the Asia-Pacific. Only 10% come from maybe in the... I would say, North Africa, America, so including North America and South America. So we need, uh, I would say, the potential come from, you know, the North America because in the U.S., Canada, also Mexico, such big, um, you know, continental, and we don't have much business growing there. It's very small potential for us. It's a very big potential for us to grow that area. The European is a very traditional market. We still put a lot of effort there, and uh, we visit the customers many, many times every year to see all the customers. Uh, but this market, is uh, you know, competition very tough. So and uh, so, in general, we still focus on in the Western countries as overall. I would say our strategy in two thousand eighteen. Interesting.
0: Now, in terms of your competition, you see, your competition coming primarily from other Chinese leasing firms or from uh, other credit providers, whether they may be banks or credit
1: funds. Well, I guess uh, everybody. I think. I think maybe. Recently, I think uh, in the, the competition. You know, you know, if you talk about maybe two or three years ago, I would say the competition would come from the European banks, the the you know the other cre- the credit providers. But uh, I think recently, especially in the past, uh, I would say the 12 months, I think the competition more you know internally, which means we have to compete with the uh, Chinese leasing companies. Have to because then uh, they have very similar structures with us. Of course, they're smaller, but they also get their parent bank support, which means they have uh, very similar, I would say, the cost structure as well. But, um compared with us. So in some of the deals and uh, we have seen the I would say, competition internally in China. So we have the worker sometimes work not together, but you know, we have talk we have we have the talks. We have some I would say that sometimes talk to each other, say, okay, and what's your feeling about these customers and how, how, how we can do this. So the <clears throat> because then uh, if you look at some, you know, maybe by the end of this year we can see These years and uh, you know the shipping finance. What kind of percentage? How much money come from the Chinese income? How much money come from the overseas? I would say you know if you talk about the new investment, the new I would say the new money into the market. I'm I'm pretty sure maybe more than half percent, 50 percent more than half of them come from the Chinese market, which means our China already take about the I would say new money investment in the 2017. So which means and uh, there are lots of competition. I would say come from the the mass market come from Chinese leasing company, and uh, that's why. Back to the original question, that's why there's still lots of newcomers, you know, entering this market because they still see the the potential, the profit from this market.
0: So when I look at the market now, and uh, you know, you are targeting a number of clients. Can I ask you, what are the most important considerations from your end in terms of pursuing and selecting a client? Uh, and also, to take it a step further, what are the most important considerations in terms of structuring a deal with somebody? So how do you pick your clients? And once you find the client, uh, what are the most important elements in structuring a deal with that client?
1: Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> since, uh, we have a very strong support from our parent company and ICBC banks. And also, our, we have pretty good in budget every year. And uh, so we have to target very customers. We prefer to target large customers, uh, say the global shipping company, also maybe like, the, you know, if you talk about the container shipping company, maybe the top five, top 10 is our, you know, target customers. And uh, if you if talk about like a dry box, uh, besides those really top of the players in the maybe European customers, also we are targeted for these and the cargo owners, for example, maybe the valet we already mentioned, BHP, FMG, those big ones, <clears throat> also maybe like the, you know, and the car guild, those kind of customers they are you know we are we look at these the big customers in general including the lng ships also the the chemical ships as well so those those customers is our ideal customers if you talk about then how, how do we evaluate the, who will be the right customers we you know because the whole team they, they have the the pretty banking background so and the first of all have to look at their financial performance the the result so for those in the public discounts company, it's pretty easy for us to really you know, penetrate their performance because all the data is uh, published publicly available. So we can easily access their data and uh, to understand how they are performing in the past few years. And for those related smaller shipping companies, of course, we're still interesting, especially for those niche market because they are in their niche market, they perform very well. So we're also interested in having a business with them. And uh, but again, but the size still you know makes sense. And uh, if, if the size is too small, even the customer very profitable, we we have very limited resources really to target every customers and in every geography in every countries. So we sometimes we have to and give up some of the customers and really make our choice to pick up some of the maybe the better or not the bad one, maybe the bigger one or the or maybe you know the the, the larger one customers. So that's we are. Uh, you know, internal, we well, have the internal mathematics to do the calculation. So put customer size, the potential, also the, I would say, the vessel the types as well, also the performance result, the financial performance result, all put together to the, meet the calculation and then pick up the right customer for us.
0: Bill, you talked extensively. Thank you, by the way, for uh, this very detailed uh, reply. You talked extensively during our discussion today about uh, dealing with the cargo owners. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's a very clever strategy, actually, because, you know, if you control the cargo, you control the trade flow, you you have need long term for transportation and so on. So it's very obvious why this strategy is is a very good one. Uh, Yes. If I can go back to uh, the transaction we did with Vale, that was a groundbreaking transaction. And if I'm not mistaken, this one is going to start uh, happening in the first half of 2018. So how is this transaction coming along and uh, apparently you're pursuing a lot more transactions with cargo owners. Uh, if, I break, uh, if I break up uh, you know, cargo owners on one side and tonnage providers on the other side, is there a, uh, which one is the biggest one in terms of uh, portfolio right now for you or in terms of market development potential?
1: Yes, for the for the Valet one actually we 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 closed the deal in the end of the in December two thousand fifteen and uh, the official new building contract started in the early of two thousand sixteen. So you're right that the new ship will going to deliver in the first quarter of two thousand eighteen for these uh, four hundred thousand deadweight Vadimax ships. And uh, You know, really, I think um, you know those ships would would really say shake the market very well. And um, because and um, you know there's uh, about 30 new ships to be delivered in 2018, which means next year very soon. So and uh, will be impact maybe and uh, Cape Ships also the new custom acts and this kind of ship market. And um, it's a it's very successful deal and also is I would say the first deal we have done with. uh, I would say the cargo owner directly and by ICBC leasing. So this uh, this deal actually ready to motivate our internal the top management and to do further with the other I would say, cargo owner customers. That's why we are uh, you know slightly to remove our focus from I said provider to the cargo owners. And uh, of course, and right now our portfolio overall still and um, I said provider still take the larger portion. But I think uh, in the gradually in the coming maybe two or three years, with more and uh, say the direct talks with cargo owners, I hope and then eventually become 50-50, which means 50 come from the cargo owners, another 50 come from the town providers. So we can keep the, the good balance and uh, into these two different segmentation, two different kind customers, and uh, that's our whole strategy. And also is also including the whole whole segmentation not just for the dry bulk, but also, also for the liquid, also gas, also for the container ships as well. So we, we, we try to use this strategy to cover all different situations.
0: Very, very interesting, because I think uh, given your strategy here, I think that will have an impact uh, on the overall uh, global shipping uh, scene, because now we're going to see more and more exactly of the cargo providers uh, vertically integrating forward, um you know through the financial structures that you're offering so that actually, I think you know your activity clearly has an impact not only on the financial end but also on the operating end um if i can we're reaching the, the end of our discussion now do you have an uh, do you have an opinion in terms of uh, market segments or, uh, any particular uh, segments uh, that you're more bullish or bearish on
1: yes and um I would say you know so far you know you know back to your your I would say your first question you know to see the difference between the banks or so compared with the leasing company so we also have to and uh, we we I, I would like to you know rephrase that you know because and we we do see our strength we do see our you know the position come differently compared with the trading banks so we have we would like to utilize our strength really target the right customers in the in the right segmentations so back to uh, you know but since our strategy really want to work with those and the cargo owners, so for those cargo owners right now, I'd say the majority in the dry bulk market, also maybe also in the liquid, but it's slightly small, because for the miners, for the, I'd say, the, the cargo and the traders, all these kind of companies, they're ready to utilize the, I'd say, the dry box. So for the coming years, we we would love to put a lot of effort really into this dry box market. And... Um, to talk with those and the cargo owners to see their demand, to see what they like. And also we can provide tailor-made solution really to get new ships. Doesn't matter it's it's, um, you know, these VOC ships or maybe the CAPE ships, even for CustomX, doesn't matter. We, we like to order new ships based on their requirements, based on their need. And uh, that's kind of the strategy right now we're working on. So besides that, food, liquid, maybe MR, LR, those ships. Also, we can talk with those and um, you know the big oil company. Also, the you know and uh, the chemical company as well to see what they like to have. So we also can you know provide those ships and uh, based on their their need. And another thing we also considered maybe to join maybe the I say the, the the pool you know who ran those ships to offer the service to the customers. And uh, for the LNG ships so far, I think uh, we have to do the very traditional, uh, the the leasing structure because we don't have like so far the capability to really to operate those ships, and we prefer maybe and more like a banks to offer the equity for those and the the, um, the shipping company who run the ships at the current stage. I would say so again, the focus for us right now for the coming years, I think the dry block would be the the top of the line. I would say. So and uh, try to and get more and connection links with the car owners to provide the I would say the more flexible, tailor-made solution to them.
0: Bill, we had a very long discussion and uh, and I appreciate that you took the time to really take us through uh, the ins and outs of um, Chinese leasing and also I wanted to congratulate you for the 10th anniversary for uh, ICBC leasing. Uh, you've done an amazing job, clearly, and uh, I think your presence in the market has, uh, has impact. Um, reaching the end of our discussion, is there anything else that um, I can ask you? I mean, you have really uh, transformed uh, ICBC leasing from uh, a traditional credit provider into an integrated maritime financing service provider, and uh, as you described, uh, you're providing tailor-made solutions for clients uh, all over the world. Uh, before we close our discussion, anything else you would like to add in terms of your of your strategy uh, going forward?
1: Yeah, I, I think already explained in pretty good details and uh, maybe just one more comment about this. So, and uh, <clears throat> you know, people also think about, you know, we are the Chinese company. We are very, upset would say, domestic focus, but actually we are very international, which means that we really spend a lot of time to talk with our overseas customers, potential customers, also potential partners. So, you know, talk about the partners. So we also maybe like the joint venture structures. So anyone know, who has maybe the traditional you know, the shipping background would like to work with us. You know, we are more than welcome to be approached and to talk together to offer the, uh, you know, back to what I said, integrate the maritime solution to our customers. Because we, you know, majority of our, our, our strength background is coming from the banking background or the financial background. We are still, you know, lacking enough of the maritime experience knowledge. So we like to work, cooperate with working with others together, not just independently alone, but together to offer the service to other customers. So that's kind of the message I would like to deliver to the you know the, the shipping to the shipping company. You shouldn't be worried about us. You should be, you know, let's work together to see how we can, you know, to really to win the new world.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Bill, we have, I think, uh, we can close our discussion. We have, the, as I mentioned, a fairly long discussion. But I, I, you know, I thought that, It was a very interesting discussion because exactly it was very detailed and you were very methodical taking us through every step of the uh, the strategy, uh, the profile of ICBC leasing, uh, the ins and outs of um, uh, the the leasing structures and so on. So I'd like to thank you very much for your insight uh, and for the discussion we had. I'd like to thank also the audience that is going to be listening. It's a a bit longer podcast than usual. Um, In closing, Besides thanking uh, Bill, uh, I would like to mention that this podcast is available on Capital Link's website at www.capitallinkpodcasts.com, and also it is available on iTunes and Google Play. Again, Capital Link aims to bring you weekly podcasts on critical topics for the shipping industry, discussing with industry leaders and decision makers, and today we were very happy to have with us uh, Mr. Bill Guom. Bill is the Executive Director of uh, Shipping at ICBC financial leasing, the largest leading uh, Chinese leasing firm. And now I will bring it to a close, and thank you to everybody for being with us.
1: Thank you, Niklas.
0: Thank you, everyone.